This is Matt Little. Hi. Uh, we are here today to discuss the next entry in our book club format, which is which the dial has fallen. The dial has spun. We spun the twister thing, and the twister thing has landed on you. The twister thing. Yeah. I that metaphor went nowhere. Yeah. The twister thing. That sounds kind of gross. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Gross. That was bad. Uh, no, but it is my turn to pick our story and. This week, I decided to go with something. So, Brett and I have been talking a lot lately. As much as we love superhero comics, um, we've been talking about the sort of originality in superhero comics and also the fact that we've been sort of lamenting the idea that there aren't a lot of done-in-one stories anymore in superhero books. And we... uh, and, And I picked... I picked a run... Of a book that is actually a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a it's a really original it's a really original book. It's one of my favorites. Creator owned, creator owned yeah, book, right? and uh, and it's also a, a series of four done in one stories. This is we are going to be covering the most recent four issues of the Goon. Yes, by Dark Horse Comics, thirty six through thirty nine. Yes. Uh, so I love the Goon. I think that. Um, I think that Eric Powell is doing something really weird oh, yeah. and unique. Uh, it, it feels like it really does feel like nothing else in comics. And uh, his his first off his art style, I love to death. He transitioned into this sort of painted art style about a year into doing the goon. Oh, okay. And because originally it was it was all pencils, but very you know yeah. It, um, it was sort of the same pencils that are there now, and he he transitioned from that into a more like shaded pencil style, and then evolved that into this almost painted style that he has now. Yeah, and uh, Dave Stewart doing colors. Yes, yeah, and it's it's a very rich, it's a very rich art style. It almost feels like it should be like the book should be more expensive than it is for <laughs> yeah. the for the quality. Dark Horse, you should be charging more money for this <laughs> yeah. book. I mean, come on, it's art. Yeah, so for those of you that may not be aware of uh, the story of The Goon, The Goon is a story that takes place in a sort of perpetual Dust Bowl America in the South. Uh, So that's sort of 30s rural backwoods area, but it also just so happens to have a lot of supernatural elements in it and and weird matter-of-fact stuff. Um, Like one of the... uh, The Goon is a guy who is a gangster, He's a gangster, and he runs a protection racket in the South. But he has a moral code, and uh, and he's he's a big he's a big goon of a guy who yeah. beats people up if they don't pay him, and uh, and but but has like an honesty code and and won't uh, won't double cross people unless they're jerks. Yeah, uh, almost like a Ron Swanson. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, that, oh uh, Nick Offerman. Should play the goon, maybe. Yeah, go that could work. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he's always joined by uh, by his uh, by his sidekick, um, 
who has like little orphan Annie eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just uh, just just randomly has every once in a while a character will show up with those weird orphan Annie yeah. eyes, and uh, and it's another one of those. I, I've I've tried to figure out like what exactly is the reasoning behind it, and I think that maybe it's because uh, Frankie gets into so many weird like like he has this like comically outsized like little person mentality yeah. of like that yeah you sons of bitches yeah <laughs> um uh, he's he's scrappy dude yeah but, he's a hard better. drinker and a womanizer and and loves to get into the nasty aspects of being a gangster he loves those <laughs> uh but uh, and, and i wonder if maybe that's the reason why like like take the take the soul away from the character by yeah. removing pupils so that there is no window to the soul. Oh, wow. Um, I like that. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so they go on these weird adventures, and the four issues that we're going to cover are four standalone stories, um, starting with uh, an issue that is a tribute to burlesque. Uh, so there is some slightly not-safe-for-work material yep. in the issue. Uh, Nicole attempted to read these at work and emailed me and said, Hey, so I was going to dive into these at lunch, but I noticed that this first one isn't very safe for work. <laughs> Are the rest of them like this? And I said, well, there's some mature st- uh, story matter happening there, but, you know, it's not, there's there's not a lot of nudity running rampant through it. Yeah. Um, but what there is a lot of, I think, through the next two issues is heart. Um, the next, uh, the, the following issue after that is a story about uh, workers' rights yep. taking yeah. place in uh, in uh, an attempt to create a union in a textile factory, nice. um, and then the and then the issue after that is another done in one tale that um, that is dedicated to Eric Powell's grandmother, who he had just recently lost, and delves into the backstory of Goon's mother, who they don't. They, this isn't a book that deals with a lot of like the past history, which as a as a a, a writer and a sort of uh, improv person, I love because it's just let's hit the ground running, let's figure it out along the way, yeah, let's yeah. we'll make it all make sense because uh, because we can, yeah, and and that's what he does. So we, there's not a, there hasn't been a lot of like delving into the goons' history, where did he come from, and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but uh, but after his grandmother passed away, he dedicated this issue to her, and we we sort of find out. More about uh, Goon's uh, Goon's mother, uh, Kizzy the Strong Woman, and uh, that and is a great a, name. Yeah, sounds like this runs the gamut. Yeah, and then the fourth issue, which I love, is a complete send up and and a complete. Uh, I, I almost said middle finger to, and I don't necessarily know that's a middle finger, but it's it's really <laughs> just a complete parody of what. Is going on sort of in what sells in superhero comics today. Yeah, uh, and it is just wall to wall making fun of that. This issue just came out, like it was. It's the newest issue, and yeah, I remember. I don't keep up with the goon, um, but this issue lit the internet on fire. I feel because like all like every blog that I read had an entry or something about this issue. Yes, either like like. I think it also got a really high iFanboy pick of the week uh, yeah. rating too. Like, yeah, a lot yeah. of the a lot of the reviews that I saw were were spectacularly positive about it. Which, um, like, even IGN I think gave it like a nine and a half out of ten. Dang, son. Dang, yo. I and only if, give that kind of a rating to either Joss Whedon or 
Claremont Smith issues of X-Men and uh, Uncanny and Astonishing. Indeed. Guys, that's my barometer. Indeed. And I and I don't I don't <laughs> always agree with uh in fact I disagree a lot of the times with the sort of like jaded reviewers that they have at IGN. Um there's there's a lot of I, I a lot of times I'll read those reviews. Yeah. I'll read a lot of reviews online. And I'll go, did we read the same damn story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, like, what were you looking for? What, were you looking for your dad? Man. Did you want this comic to parent you? <laughs> yeah. Did you want this to be mommy and dad? Yeah. What were you looking for? This, yeah. You, yeah, this comic isn't going to make you full. You actually have to eat a meal. It's yeah. Like, um, I, yeah, that's, if we want to jump into talking about comic book journalism uh, and whether or not that actually exists. Because it is kind of like, who... I don't want to get into calling anyone out because I actually don't read that many comments. No, no, we reviews. don't have to call anybody out. But it's it is kind of like how do you how do you know that this person writing a review of, of any issue for any website is actually should be doing that? Yeah, like yeah, it's weird because I guess wanna... that's also the same thing for any like any uh, medium. But there, I know there are like college courses for review. Yeah, well, um, it's become. It, I, I think that I think that the reaction to art. It's weird because I agree and I disagree with reviewing because, you know, at the heart at the heart of any type of art, what you're supposed to take out of it is supposed to be personal. Like yeah. it's supposed to be personal yeah, yeah. and and I think that I think that the best reviews don't dictate to an audience what they should think about a piece of art. They they report what that person felt. Yes. In in experiencing that art, which is, I think, what a lot of the best... Uh, I, I think Roger Ebert is is a really great reviewer, and I think that his best reviews are, are reviews where he, where he talks more about what he felt while watching the movie than, than trying yeah. to hit these, like, sort of bullet points of, like, you know, it's funny, like, the sort of Gene Shalit <laughs> uh, uh, method Sandy like, Kenyon. Oh, Sandy Kenyon. Movie Minute. Ugh, ruining, <laughs> ruining every one of my taxi rides home is Sandy Kenyon. Oh, my. And his Movie Minute reviews. Oh, guys. Yeah. I have so much pent-up anger towards this one New York-specific person. Yeah. Uh, but I also feel like there are these objective things that, in terms of storytelling, that a story should have, and... Like reviewing yeah. on that, like reviewing on the actual craft merit, and like I personally can go on for days about how much I hate Grant Morrison's new X Men. Like I sure. hate it, but like I recognize that it was the shot in the arm that they needed. That it is innovative to an extent. I will. <laughs> that's where like the personal, like personally, oh, yeah, I'm, like yeah. not innovative. He just used Days of Future Past and Dark Phoenix Saga all over again. Yep. Uh, but innovative in the fact that it's just like tons of ideas, like. I feel like where reviewers can fall into a trap is when they let when they pass their opinion off as objective fact. Yes, which is it's not. <laughs> yeah, and it's that sort of uh, I think when when a, when someone who is reviewing something sort of gets their head up their own ass. Yeah, about it for lack of a less crass term, the the idea that what they're saying is the fact. And and it's not. It's yeah. it's still your and and people and, and I think I think a lot of that um a lot of that ha- that happens very often I think in in comic book reviews because reviewers 
much in the same way uh, that that creators want to be heard, reviewers also want to be heard. They want oh, yeah. they want people to hear what their personal opinion is of something. We want but, the Twitter followers. Yeah, we want the celebrity. Yeah, but uh, but what what I think the most egregious offenders lose sight of is that you should be telling us how you felt going into this because we should be able to. I don't know. I feel like if I'm reading reviews, I should be able to read your body of work and start to develop a thought about what you think are good yes. stories. And oh, I don't yeah. mean like oh, yeah. and I don't mean that in a judgmental sense like like I should be able to say like, "Oh, you're full of shit." But you should be able to start to gravitate towards the people that you that that you like and um and and I think that's I think that's what what I think I get more out of podcasting. Oh, now, yeah. like I'm, I'm talking more about my personal feelings coming into stories, and that's what we do in these book club episodes, um, more so than just talking about the news and going, "Ugh, Marvel's done it Ugh. again." That new DC logo is crap. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. All right, what, like, like, why, why is it crap? What? Because it's different. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's talk about why you feel bad about it being different. Oh man, this, this, I could go on for hours about this topic because it both touches on two things that I get really mad about. Uh, one is the fact that nerds don't know gradation in their reviews of things. Where like Spider-Man Three is shit. Daredevil yeah. is shit. Yeah. Like, uh, like, well, okay, okay. I feel like those two movies are different types. Or even, like, people who, like... <laughs> like, just back up your reasons. Like, Iron Man 2 is not Ghost Rider 2. Yeah. Like, they are not the same type of bad. I don't think Iron Man 2 is bad. And I can go on for hours about that as well. Uh, the other thing that I also hate is just let people like things. Um, like, I had a co- I have a co-worker that... When we got Kindle Fires for Christmas, because I work at a crazy internet startup and has a bunch of venture capital, mm-hmm. uh, um, Entertainment Seven Twenty, um, <laughs> and we got the Kindle, and one of my coworkers just started buying comics on a Kindle. Who doesn't yeah. read comics? And it's like that's exactly what we want. Yeah, it's great. So when she started talking to me about how awesome Green Arrow was, yeah, and the only thing I've heard about Green Arrow is how horrible it is. I'm not going to be like. Well, I've heard reviews that say it's awful. You should read something good. You yeah. Know what the correct response is is, "Oh, awesome! Tell me why you like it." Yeah. Like that is pull me what in. A is. I I do a lot of <laughs> uh, you know um, so I do you know we do we do improv and stuff and whenever I'm working with other people who improvise, um, it seems like when people start to do improv, the 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 one thing they want to lean on when doing scenes is immediately arguing or talking about what they hate. And I always encourage people that, look, if you're going to come out and be a character that hates things, then at some point I want you to tell me what you love. Because if you hate something this much, that means you love something else just as much. And that is much more interesting. There's Hate is just a list. Hate's just a list of things that you want. There's, There's nothing interesting. There's nothing that interesting in a list. Yeah. Right? I am going to get more out of our conversation, even if we disagree, if you tell me what you loved yeah. about something, than if you just sit down and... It, because because hate breeds contention. Hate comes from contention. Guys, they told us in Phantom Menace that anger leads to fear, and fear leads to anger, hate leads to... to hate, wait, fear leads on. to... Hate leads, Fear leads to, to anger. anger. Anger leads to, to hate. hate. Hate leads to, to suffering. Right. Is that it? Yeah. I saw that five times in the theater. Yep. And I've washed it all from my brain. 
<laughs> right, rightfully so, I yeah. think. That's... Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, wait, we're... I'll edit this out, because I just, like, sputtered out. Um... But I just think that... <laughs> I think that um, with reviewing, it's important to try to talk about the things, because I, I think that you would be surprised at how much you could find to talk about that you liked in something. Because, like, telling me how many problems there are, and especially the other thing that, the other thing that frustrates me about comic reviews, and, and I think that our decision for our own format was sort of a reaction to this, is people are reviewing things, we're, we're reviewing chapters of a story. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we're talking about like the chapter like like oh the middle chapter of this story was <laughs> uh, like I read 20 pages of it and it drug oh really yeah, that's like the it, middle. That's yeah, like, yeah it's the middle every, the middle of every story drags yeah to varying degrees of course but we I, I just think that there has to be some perspective there's there. also the attitude in comics like if you don't like it don't read it <laughs> Yeah, we do all like. I mean, I am guilty of this. Uh, you, I mean, I own every issue of Howard Mackey's X Factor. I shouldn't, but I have them all because yeah. you're like, maybe it'll get better, or I have to. I have every issue. I have to keep going. That's another thing. It's like if you don't like it, don't read it. Yeah, other people might like it. Don't hate them for liking it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a relationship with a piece of media. I certainly don't think that, but don't stay in a relationship yeah. just to bitch about it. Guys, I'm Brett in 1996 needs to learn how to divorce X Factor. Yeah, because <laughs> that was never pulling out, pulling out of that nosedive. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I and I have I have books that I collected for, and, and it was it was that it was that sort of nerd based collecting mentality. It wasn't reading and enjoying. Yeah, and I think that you should read and enjoy instead of instead of collect. Yeah, so that's what we're that's what we do on this podcast. Again, except for when we talk about X-Force Volume 2 by Rob Liefeld. Guys, it is coming, and it's going to be spectacular. Well, again, I think that there's... Uh, <laughs> so I I think that we are... And again, art is sort of the personal... What you personally get out of it. <laughs> and I think that there is redeeming... There, there's something redeeming in every piece of art. And sometimes, in the sort of MST3K model, what you take away from it... Because... I'm going to tell you, we are going to enjoy the hell out of that episode. Oh, yeah. But I, we got a different love, sort of enjoyment exactly. out of it. It's, not the, it's probably not the enjoyment that they intended, that Rob Liefeld intended for us to get out of it. Yeah. But it's still enjoyment. I love bad things. I love, I love the oh. room. I love, it's my, oh, I love it. Oh, you, I, <clears throat> you've, you've, seen, you've seen my collection of films like Lady yeah. Terminator yeah. and The <laughs> Apple and and of course The Room. I own Troll 2 on VHS, Blu-ray and Wait, DVD. Hold on. It's on Blu-ray? Oh, it's on Blu-ray. Of course it's on Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. Shouldn't it's they have a... changed it to like green ray? Yeah, should be, right? It's I, I was disappointed that it wasn't in a green case. But I'll let that slide. Uh, so at some point we will eventually tackle things that we love that are bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I get because I watch these. I watch these, and I know that there was effort that went into them. But there's, I, I'm, I'm taking something completely different away from it. But again, that's my personal experience with the media, and I don't. I'm always disappointed when someone takes umbrage at that sort of reaction to yeah. to their art. Because look, I've written 
some garbage. You know, and I have produced crap. Oh, my yeah. my yeah, student you've films. You've some gross stuff, like awful. Oh yeah, like ninety percent. Ninety percent is good. It, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. And like like my student films are unwatchable. Are unwatchable. And I was a guy who was like, I'm a I am a film I'm a yeah. film guy. I know how. At to some make. point, and it, they're garbage. We should read my attempt at a draft for X Men Four that I wrote. sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 2006. It, but like, well, but, yeah, well, yeah. Things are, yeah. You have to, you have to be able to say, like, yeah, all right, I made a piece of crap. Like, that's all right. That's all right because uh, it was a Warren Ellis. I, I remember reading one time said like everyone has a thousand bad stories in them and g- get get all thousand of them out as quickly as you can. There's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong. I think with making bad art because you have to to get to the good stuff. Yeah. It's got to keep power through, guys. Yeah, and I have fun. I have fun watching bad art or experiencing bad art. There's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of fun to be had in that. And, and I think also that gives that art uh, life. You know what I mean? And, and maybe I'm saying, I hope I don't sound like I, like I have my head up my own ass <laughs> here. But You should review comics. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think that um, I, I think that having any type of personal experience with a piece of art gives it an extended life. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and you know I get enjoy I get a lot of enjoyment out of watching Troll Two, and especially clearly, the documentary about Troll Two. Yeah, that is a great documentary. Yeah, and 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 it's it's fantastic to see the actors from the films getting that sort of enjoyment out of it yeah. too. Also, like Winnebago Man, the documentary about. The Jack Redney, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a great documentary, too. Because he goes from the whole, like, wait, he like, the anger of, like, people are making fun of this thing that I didn't know existed, that also I didn't know that these outtakes were even taken, like, that this yeah. footage existed, to going to, like, when he finally met people in person and being, like, people saying, like, I love how bad your thing is. It makes me happy to see it. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of like, well, I'm making people happy. Yeah. Awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and and the 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 enjoyment is genuine. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like hey I got a picture with this dirt bag. Yeah. Because <laughs> who wants a picture with a dirt bag? Uh, I don't. I don't either. But um, wow, we were not. I I have no specific comic book reviewers in mind. I don't. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of a general. It's just sort of a general. Uh, uh, I don't want it to sound like we're like starting a civil war. Although, if that will get us listeners, then let's <laughs> we're strategically, down. strategically figure out who to call out. Yeah, and then call them out constantly. Yeah, constantly. all day uh, on Twitter. I think Stephen Moffat's gotten a couple of references on this show. I think. Oh, certainly. Yeah, Nicole's. Yeah, so yeah, Stephen Moffat, you're you're number one. Yeah, there on you go. The list. Yeah. The British aren't coming. The Americans are coming. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I'm so know. tired, <laughs> and we still got more to take. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just uh, I would like to see one. I would like to see more positivity in comics reviews, not just full out like you know, uh, uh, filleting the creators or anything like that. But I would like to see more of what got these people into comic books. In the first place. You yeah, know what I mean? it's kind of like, what's your mission statement? What's your point of view? I mean, like, on my comic book website, that my Tumblr, like, I specifically used to put my ratings of each issue 
And it'd be like, these are totally based on my nostalgia. Yeah. Like, X-Force issues are probably going to outrank Sandman issues. I know Sandman is amazing. Objectively, yeah. But, like, I, like, no matter how good a comic book is, it is not going to trump the nostalgia of when I first read Sabotage. The X Force crossover with oh. Spider Man, and was like, oh. "What? I have to turn this on its side." Oh, like, wait! It's just, you know the emotion, the emotional attachment. Objectively, I know that Brief Lives is better than it, but like, man, come on. Yeah, Tom McFarlane drawing X Force—that's great. With that, what the hell? What was that outfit that Cable was wearing? <laughs> In the crossover, you could almost say that with anything. Cable what fu- what functionality did it serve? Like I get, I get like the 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 sort of war shoulder pad yeah. stuff to a point because the, you're like, oh, okay, he's a guy who could could need a grenade sometime. But there was no that that's like that he, suit served no purpose in the story. Yeah. it was just like, oh, let's draw him in something different. Yeah, this is what he's wearing on Tuesday. Yeah, unless oh the gosh. intention was to to slowly build him to look more like strife oh i like this which i was just thinking of right now i don't know because that was the the most similar there there was definitely that much artistic intention in those issues yeah definitely okay no there wasn't (laughs) uh but with that uh well uh we read the goon guys 36 yeah let's get back to the thing that we were talking Um, about initially uh check out the uh, check out goon 36 through 39 they're all done in one issues um, all, all of the, the first three are all, I believe, uh, are they all one ninety nine? They're all right $1.99 in the Dark Horse store, and then the newest one is two ninety nine. but probably by the time you get to this, it might be down to one ninety nine too, because I imagine they dropped the price eventually, because yeah. that's why there's a difference. Yeah, next um, issue won't be out until July, I believe, I think that was the next solicit, okay. so we have a couple of months before the next one, um, but definitely check it out, it's a really great, it's a really great book, we didn't even start talking about the, uh, about the two-minute David Fincher-produced, uh, animated Pitch oh, that is man. on YouTube. I need to watch that sometime. Um, voiced by the goon is voiced by Clancy Brown. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, and also uh, Paul Giamatti voicing Frankie in that. Uh, you can't beat that. It's uh, it's ah uh, man. It makes me wish that they had the money to make that film <laughs> because it looks great. Kickstarter. Yeah, we'll get that and Quantum of Woody back. Oh, how I wish we could do that. <laughs> Well, guys, check that out, and we will uh, be with you in a week with The Goon. Yeah. And a special guest and all that stuff. You can go to mattandbrettlovecomics.com to, like, you can find us on Twitter there, because we do have our Twitter links, and you can leave comments and request things, and just spend all day there. Just spend all day on that website. Yes. Uh, just, uh, Just make that, you know what, make that your AOL. Yeah. Make that your 21st century AOL. How about that? We're going to put some chat rooms in there. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're going to uh we're going to make keywords. Oh, keywords. Yeah. Wow. The future episode discussing nothing but keywords is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I'm getting AOL flashbacks. Yeah, you just wait and then we're going to have um I used to instant message Scott Lobdell after I found out his screen name in a Marvel chat room. Did you really? Yeah, I talked to him a couple times. Did, oh, he actually responded? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. This oh. is before Twitter. This is a good like 10 years before Twitter. Oh, the fact my. that I was like instant messaging with Scott Lobdell. And I also did it with Joe Kelly, too. Um, it was crazy to me. I, uh, I, my, my college roommate gave uh, new uh, Rivers Cuomo's Whoa. IM name. And uh, he would, uh, 
It was it was him because there were other people that had put like screen grabs online of like conversations they'd had with him and he, uh, but yeah, he never uh, he never responded. He he would actually sign off immediately if we would uh, be like, <laughs> hey, what's up, man? But that is kind of a cool power to know that you were fucking with Rivers Cuomo's internet experience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Uh, Fuck with our internet experiences. Yeah, yeah, fuck with our internet experience Please. at twitter.com slash Little. Tell yeah. me how much you hate my rant on reviews. I yeah. think I ruined this show for so many people <laughs> with this. Uh, and uh, Brett White on Twitter. So we will see you guys. We'll see you guys again next week because don't turn around. We are behind you right now. Psst, 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 psst. Whispering. <laughs> it's all over. Uh, yeah, we'll be back with our next episode reviewing Goon 36 through 39 with... Ms. Nicole Dressel and our special guest. Find out later. Bye. Bye. Blue Sunday and the Grey Love. Grey Love. Grey Love.